The views expressed in this program are those of the participants. I didn't kill him. I had no reason to. He was in your way. Yeah, but for long. I knew he was going to lose the election, okay? So I didn't have to kill him. All I had to do was wait. You couldn't be sure that he was going to lose the election. Yes, actually, I could. How well do you know Calvin Creason? Yeah, he threw me a couple fundraisers. We met a few times. Why? Well, he seems to think that you have some information on Horn, something that would guarantee you the election. Come on. Welcome, everyone. It is Thursday, October 29th, 2020. I'm Bob Metz. I'm Robert Vaughn. And this is Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. Join us for an hour of discussion that's not right-wing, it's just right. Fade into color, color into black and white. Under the bedclothes, everything will be alright. The long-awaited American Election 2020 will be over before our next weekly broadcast. Today we feel somewhat obligated, Canadians that we are, (laughs) to interfere with the U.S. election, (laughs) to our good friends south of the border, and to interfere in such a way that might help motivate even one person to take a step in the right direction, which in our frame of thinking is to vote for Donald Trump. Agreed. And our political interference in the American election will begin right after we remind you that you can write us at feedback at justrightmedia.org. Hear us on WBCQ and on Channel 292 Shortwave. Follow and like us on your favorite podcast platform and visit us at www.justrightmedia.org where you can access all of Just Right social media links and our archived broadcasts. As always, your financial support is appreciated and put to good use. So, the election is on November 3rd, less than a week away, Robert. I I just wonder, just off the top of my head, is is it foreign interference for us to be talking about the U.S. election when we actually broadcast from an American shortwave tower located in Monticello, Maine? (laughs) That's interesting, Bob. Um, I don't care. (laughs) Well, it just... But the way they talk about it, it got me thinking about what the hell do they mean by foreign intervention? Now, of like, course, you're, you're referring to some, sometimes uh, the policy of social media platforms like Facebook, which prohibit us, and we've tried, yeah. from promoting our show um, if it deals with anything of a political nature in the, the United States. They just simply will not allow us to advertise it. Well, what what constitutes interference in politics? <laughs> I mean, the whole thing is a constant exercise in distinguishing between the BS, whether it comes from your next door neighbor or whether it comes from some foreign state. You always have to be on your on your toes, and this is one of the problems with people voting. A lot of them do not know what's going on, and you know, here we are. We we've, we've got practically the biggest political scandal in history the whole Biden thing, and they are your word about it in the mainstream media, including the National Post and the London Free Press locally. By the way, I think that's probably the second biggest scandal in American politics. The first, of course, is Obamagate and the uh, attempt of President Obama and Hillary Clinton to take down the duly elected successor to his administration with um, a fake dossier and collusion by John Brennan of the CIA and the FBI. That's the biggest American scandal ever, in my estimation. The Hunter Biden, Joe Biden corruption scandal is, is, is only minor in a sense that 
Um, you're talking about a single senator who is not yet the president and may never be, and his son, and how their involvement with the Communist Party of China uh, and um, acts of pedophilia, apparently, by Hunter Biden, uh, compromised Joe Biden. If he ever became president, he, he would be a national security risk because of China and the Communist Party's uh, hold over information they have on Hunter Biden and his involvement in companies that are owned by the Communist Party of China. Um, and it only becomes a scandal, I think, as Donald Trump correctly pointed out when he was taking off, uh, just before he was taking off in his helicopter to some reporters saying, um, you're, you guys are criminal for not reporting on this. They're absolutely right. That's the, that's the real, uh, in my mind, scandal, is how the media, like, you're, like you correctly pointed out, the National Post and the Canadian media as well, not reporting on what is obvious, um, a blatant um, security risk to the United States. Well, this to me is what I was referring to when I meant it as a huge story, because I, I guess you could apply it to both of the uh, examples you've given, Robert, but it's the censorship, the out-and-out -out censorship, either by omission or by blatant taking down anybody's point of view who is anywhere near anything called right or anywhere near anything called the truth. You know what I mean? Like how hundreds of social media sites taken down for various people, even even the president, even his press secretary, even the the, the uh, post in New York, right, who broke this story. Yes, this is, um, this is this is to me the thing that is unprecedented. Well, I think it's only um, unprecedented because we're only just getting used to these platforms for political influence, the Twitter, Facebook, etc. And I think that you and I were probably um, have a different viewpoint on allowing private organizations to limit the speech of their members, uh, you know, account holders, whatever you want to call them, because we believe in the right of association and free speech, and that doesn't apply to a private company like a Twitter or a Facebook. And as long as there's alternatives out there, I don't think that there's a problem with it. I know what you're saying, that certainly private interests have the right to contract with each other, but this is what I think is the big issue here is that an implied contract has been broken and there's been an identity problem. Are you a platform or are you an editor or a publisher? These are right. huge issues. And once you allow more than one person to enter your private property, whether you're a grocery store or a restaurant or a social media, that status of, the, of that property into which the public is allowed, though privately owned, I think is different than strictly how you treat your own property as a private owner of it. I think these are two separate things, but that's another issue. I think that's something we'll be talking about more in detail, certainly in the future. Yeah, as a matter of fact, it is a very complex issue, and it may not be as cut and dried as I led out to believe, but um, I, I, I'm going to lean towards let Twitter do whatever the hell it wants, because we all know that they're a bunch of commies, so uh, to hell with them. I'm on Parler. <laughs> I'm also on Twitter. So... <laughs> Yeah. But you're right, as long as people are aware of this, and that's where the media is failing everybody. I think that when somebody of importance has their social media sites or videos or tweets taken down, it should be major news. It should be in the newspapers, the, the, the papers of record. 
that is Twitter is a communist organization just bent on the destruction of the United States as we know it, and it's doing so by trying to influence opinion, by squelching counter viewpoints, right? That, that's, sure. that's news, and it's not being covered by the main press. This is what's so critically important. A newspaper is, is, is a bit different in the sense that those reading it think it's, quote-unquote, a newspaper, but yes. what's a newspaper without news in it? From from cover to cover, London Free Press, National Post, COVID, 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 climate change, COVID, COVID, racism, racism, COVID, COVID, you know? Yes, very little things that have to do with the with what is actually news out there and, and um, that impact people's lives. Uh, I, I know that from my own discussions with family members who only get their news from the television. Um, not so much newspapers, because I don't know anybody of my family or friends who actually subscribe to newspapers anymore. And so it's all through television, that passive medium, you sit in front of the boob tube and you're fed all of this information, and they are so ignorant of the science and the politics surrounding the COVID lockdowns that... I, I get really upset. I don't really express it so much, of course, because they're family and friends, but I just have so much pity and sympathy for them for being um, so ignorant of, the, of, the, of what's really going on politically and scientifically. It upsets me. Have you ever seen anything like what the press is doing right now on uh, 60 Minutes, but also Joe Biden's scandal. No, it's disgusting. It's just, it's stomach turning, but it's just a continuation of what we've seen over the past couple of years. Their Trump derangement syndrome has blinded them to what they're doing to their own credibility. They, they can't get it back. It's too late. They've already sacrificed it. And now, no one is listening to them other than the hard partisans for whom they craft their news. I, I tweeted out, and I really believe this, it was such a meta moment. It's like, so media refuses to cover a scandal uh, because it's going to hurt Joe Biden. And then when the actual other candidate says, hey, that guy's having a scandal, media responds with, what scandal? There's no scandal. Right. There's no scandal because you refuse to cover it. Yeah, like there's no right if you, if you don't hear the bear in the woods or whatever however the saying goes there is there there and now we've heard it from enough witnesses who are involved in it and the dni saying this is not russian disinformation that the press has run out of excuses to not try to cover it and the only obvious explanation for it all is the one that we knew from the beginning which is their bias toward biden and, and against trump Which is a respected newspaper. I'll tell you what, the biggest winner of this whole thing 
is a newspaper called the New York Post, the oldest paper in our country. So what they have done is a really, I'm very proud of them. Are you filing a lawsuit or is the campaign filing a lawsuit? You'll be seeing very soon. I'm not only am I free, positive or whatever, what would you call it? I'm totally free, right? Not only am I free, I'm immune, they say. They say if you've had it, you're immune. Now the question is, are you immune for four months or for the rest of your life? That's the only thing we don't know. Do you authorize your doctors to tell you when you tested negative labs before sure, the Sure, is that event? very important to you? Yes, you seem to be so intent. But if it's so important to you, why is it so important to you? Because we want to know how long know, you may why? have been. Why? We want to know if you follow the rules. I know, but why is it so business? important to you? you authorize your Look at the dedication. Yeah, my doctors have already given it. You know, my doctors have given more information than has been given on any human being in the history of the world. His strategy seems to be to call Biden a criminal. Why is that? He is a criminal. He's a criminal. He got caught. Read his laptop. And you know who's a criminal? You're a criminal for not reporting it. You are a criminal for not reporting it. Let me tell you something. Joe Biden is a criminal, and he's been a criminal for a long time. And you're a criminal in the media for not reporting it. Good luck, everybody. Have a good time. Well, the debates are over, all uh, of the presidential debates. And what struck me, Bob, about them wasn't necessarily the content so much as the form. Uh, Donald Trump loves um, the adversity. Um, if I was the president and I saw that my opponents were crafting the debates, the commission on debates was actually run by my opponents, that everything was being done to favor my opposition, I wouldn't participate. Donald Trump is a different character. He loves it. He has absolutely no uh, objection to going in front of a Mike Wallace, or a, not a Mike Wallace, a Chris Wallace, <laughs> Mike's yeah. son, and um, knowing full well that Chris Wallace is a card-carrying Democrat who loves Biden and will basically uh, try to destroy Trump. And same with the other two moderators. They are all lefties. Of course, it's hard to find anybody on the right or conservative or anything like that in a position which uh, might be anything called centrist or fair. Maybe a Joe Rogan, even though he's a Biden supporter as well. But... Um, I think he would be a fair moderator, but Trump. Well, you could you could jumps. have picked a lot of people from the Fox News network or even some independents, but they don't. They they wouldn't allow them. Let's face it. No, but Trump is a, a different kind of a character. He actually relishes, I think, the um, adversary uh, trying to trip him up because he is so smooth and sophisticated, and he's been through it all before. He's walked away from interviews. He's done the, probably the first original mic drop actually taking off his mic and walking out of interviews. And um, he's in control. He always is in control, regardless if it was the devil himself asking the questions. And just look at that one town hall where Biden gets this beautiful comfy chair to sit in. And uh, Trump has to sit, um, you know, with one butt cheek on a stool. <laughs> the the well, contrast is unbelievable. Yeah, well, again, yeah, it looks like a laid-back guy versus someone who's very aggressive and forward and willing to challenge his opponent. That's the and of course he, And he had an opponent. Remember, that's the difference. Biden didn't have an opponent. He had an ally. Yes. So no, so no wonder they can sit comfy in the chair. 
<laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. And and so that that's something that's a feature I, I really enjoy about Trump is that he is uh, unflappable. And uh, no matter what they throw at him, he's his own man. And yet you would think people would appreciate that, wouldn't you? I think they do. I think they do. And if he loses this election, it will have to be because of corruption and voter fraud. Um, I think that the American people are behind him in um, overwhelming numbers. And like I say, that um, even with the Hillary Clinton debate, uh, not debate, but election in 2016, when Hillary was his opponent, there was evidence of rife voter fraud, people being bussed from polling station to polling station to vote for Hillary. Um, so I would think that he, he even won the popular vote in the United States in 2016. We are up against a, um, a corrupt, evil philosophy. Um, it is pure, unadulterated, crony communism. And it is uh, bent on death, destruction, and the complete dismantling of the United States um, as the greatest nation on the face of the, of the planet. And they spend every waking moment trying to devise ways, whether fair or foul, of destroying the United States and destroying Trump. So it is absolutely nothing for them to uh, have their jackbooted thugs go around the streets and destroying shops and terrorizing people in the hopes that, well, you know, maybe we should get rid of Trump and maybe, uh, maybe all this left-wing violence will end. Well, I think that, um, unfortunately, some people would think that way, that, let, you know, let's just get rid of Trump and get it over with, right? Um, right. But they don't realize that, as Trump himself said himself, that this is a revolution. And the violence isn't going to stop. It's just going to take form um, in a different form. You're going to have a Joe Biden, who would be a president, under the control of the Communist Party of China, because of their influence over Hunter and the influence over himself. He's a crony as well because of the, uh, when Hunter was uh, an advisor to Burisma in the Ukraine, of course, what did, uh, what did Joe Biden do? You know, he uh, forced them to get rid of the uh, chief counsel because he wouldn't be uh, favorable to uh, Hunter Biden and Burisma. Total yeah. crony. And totally bragged about it in public, and you know, people still don't know about it. You yes, know, and think, people don't know about it. And there, there again is the criminality of the press. And that's what I wanted to give a couple of examples of that, that just infuriate me, Robert. But I got this item, Robert, from the London Free Press, October 17th, and it's a religious column, believe it or not, written by Bruce Tallman. And the headline reads, U.S. Election Choice Between Profound and Superficial Faith. And just to give you a sample of how it concludes, Trump may be losing the support of evangelicals even if they believe he's pro-life. A recent book, The Spiritual Danger of Donald Trump, Evangelical Christians on Justice, Truth, and Moral Integrity, notes that Trump is a leader notorious for adultery, self-confessed sexual assault, overweening greed, disregard for the truth, and fundamental disrespect for the poor. Several of the authors devote most of their essays to Trump's foolishness, arrogance, and mockery of evangelical values such as personal morality, piety, honesty, compassion, and trust in divine providence. The basic dilemma for many U.S. voters then is this. Do they want a president 
who will likely continue to dismantle American morality and social, racial, and environmental issues, end quote. Can you believe that, Robert? Oh, I can believe it, of course. It's the London Free Press. I don't know the person who wrote it, but if well, you he's notice... Been, he's, he's been writing the, the, the spiritual columns in the Free Press for years, and this is the most unspiritual, most hateful deceiving, lying column I have ever seen from so somebody who's supposed to be spiritual. Well, you'll uh, notice that the, nowhere in that article does he back up his assertions, you know, that uh, Trump hates the poor, you know, that um, he's any more or less a, a philanderer than any other person, like a Clinton or an Obama, <laughs> you know. So there's, there's a lack of evidence. What that piece exhibits is the emotionality and the superficial thinking of Trump's opponents. It um, flies in the face of reason and honest inquiry. If he had anything proper to say, he would say it in the way that, well, okay, Trump hates the poor because he did this. And that's an exhibit A of how he hates the poor. But he doesn't point to that. He just throws these assertions out there hopes that his readers will, uh, you know, absorb it by osmosis that Trump is an evil man. And, you know, here's this religious writer talking about how Trump is immoral, when the exact opposite is true. I think that Trump is a very moral man. I think he has a creed, a code. I don't even know if he's Christian or not, because he just plays the game, in my estimation. But you have to in American politics, otherwise you'd never be president. Um, well, but don't I think forget. He, don't forget. A lot of the game is the necessary symbolism that represents the values of the country. You know. Oh sure. And I have an objection to Trump. I mean, talking about God or, or, or you know, going to prayer meetings and going to church and all of that thing. Of course not. I have no objection. It's very symbolic for the president to to be a religious person or at least a spiritual person. Yeah. Uh, something that, for example, Obama was never, <laughs> or Clinton. Absolutely no way on this God's earth that they were religious or spiritual in any way. They were total hedonists uh, and total sociopaths. Now, Trump is, on the other hand, um, a very moral man, I think. He has a code. I think he knows that there's an objective truth out there, unlike uh, Joe Biden and the left, and he um, acts accordingly. I think he's a very moral and... Um, perhaps even spiritual man, uh, this person who's writing the article uh, is, is, is simply a, doing a hit piece. Why? God only knows. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, Robert, everybody's doing hit pieces. I mean, this was written by Diane Francis in the National Post. Oh, she's a never-Trumper. Time to rein in social media and Trump. President's unsupported insinuation of murder a new low, she writes, and apparently... Trump smeared a critic, MSNBC's Joe Scarborough, blaming him for the death of his assistant, Lori Clausistus, when Scarborough was serving in Congress in 2001, even though there's no evidence of any wrongdoing, she says. But what she says, too, is that Twitter refused to comment on the issue. In other words, Twitter did not consider it serious enough to take down. But then listen to what she reacts to. This week, Twitter finally did something to bridle his presidential misbehavior when it labeled a pair of Trump's tweets which claimed that mail-in balloting in this fall's election would result in widespread voter fraud as misleading. And then she writes, what's next is that Trump will character assassinate all his opponents, and if he loses the election, he'll simply tweet that it was stolen and he's not leaving. Then what? That's Diane Francis. 
people take her as an intelligent and leading voice in the community. And in many, and in many ways she is, and I've agreed with Diane Francis on a number of occasions. However, people should also realize that Diane Francis can be extremely dangerous. She's actually in favor of a one-child policy. The enforced sterilization, if you will, or <laughs> of Canadians to prevent population growth. Uh, so this, out, of the, out of that one side of her brain, she's a corrupt, um, evil woman. And on the other side, she can come up with some very um, cogent and rational arguments. But uh, this particular one isn't, uh, again, a rational argument. Again, it's just a emotionalization. Well, I remember when I first saw her in person here in London, and she was speaking at an event, and after I heard her speak... I walked out of there with a group of others and we all concluded that who we thought was someone on the right was completely on the left. And that was 20, 30 years ago. <laughs> so when we return, let's talk about Trump's record of failure and success, shall we? So how does a well, Trump re-election calm things down in the United States? Biden says he's going to calm things down. How will a Trump re-election calm things calm- down? Why? Why won't he calm things down? Biden won't calm things down. They will take over. They will have won. If Biden gets in, they will have won. He's a weak person. He's controlled like a puppet. So it's not going to be calm things down. It's going to be they will have won. They will have taken over your cities. It's a revolution. You understand that. It's a revolution. And the people of this country will not stand for that. They're not going to stand for that. The vast majority of people feel like me. And Biden, well, Biden is, I, I don't even like to mention Biden because he's not controlling anything. Who, who do you they think is pulling him. Biden's strings? Uh, is it former Obama People officials? that you've never heard of. People that are in the dark shadows. People that oh, What are, does that mean? That sounds like conspiracy theory. Dark shadows. No, what is people that, that you haven't heard of. They're, they're people that are on the streets. They're people that are controlling the streets. This is all happening. But and the money is coming from somewhere. Money is coming when, from, how can it be from some very stupid rich people that have no idea that if their thing ever succeeded, which it won't, they will be thrown to the wolves like you've never seen before. You have a deficit among women voters. Now. Well, that's what they said last time, too. Right. Well, let's let's say for the sake of argument, you have a deficit among female voters who maybe in some cases you're too aggressive, you're too, your t- tone or your tweets. What do you say to them directly about what you'll do in a second term? OK, I have to be aggressive because I'm like standing here in a sea of incompetent people Stupid people and violent people. Very violent. But that's the people. kind of language, stupid that's people. Okay. That's a, a lot of women don't like it's also that. The, well, where are we? Oh, we're in the White House, I see. See, Okay. So I'm standing here in a sea of people, and we need law and order in this country, and women see that with me. You're never going to have law and order with Biden. You're listening to Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. And Robert, I just wanted to bring to your attention another typical article that we find in the National Post. This was called and ran in September 4th, Trump's Appalling Record of Failure. But listen to this. This is by Kelly McParland. Trump is a loathsome creature, a shallow, ignorant, bigoted toad of a man. The people around him are the usual agglomeration of fourth-rate, self-serving flunkies, the sort who are eager to exploit any opportunity to elevate themselves at the expense 
of others. So what happens if Trump is reelected? Well, the wall hasn't been built. He says the number of illegal immigrants in the country has been falling as many migrants return south. One could claim that as a Trump victory if one figures that a rampaging pandemic, a general increase in racial hostility, and a weakened economy is worth having fewer people who want to take on low-paying, difficult jobs that the Americans disdain. Can you imagine mixing those issues all together as if they got something to do with each other? I can imagine it, yeah. No, but I mean, they're, they're printing this stuff in a, in a newspaper that we're supposed to take seriously. Then you race the economy was doing well enough for a time until the pandemic came along. Trump's general belligerence has unquestionably weakened the alliances and institutions that have acted as critical safeguards since the end of the Second World War. Russia's emboldened. The Middle East, if anything, is more frightening. Get that. Europe is adrift. His record on battling COVID-19 is also appalling. On and on and on. Just, I hate him. I hate him. Don't like anything he's doing, right? It's the emotionality argument, yeah. There's no substance to it. Well, that might be a description of what it is, but I don't see it as that. He's supposed to be a, something called a reporter or a commentator, and that's, and that's totally misleading. But there are so many things that I can think of just in point form on the top of my head that one could call Trump's accomplishments, if you're looking for them. The first thing, of course, is that he's put America first. That drives people crazy. Just drives them nuts. He's opposed to globalism and globalist governance. And that, of course, is what he's up against and who he's up against, right? Yes. He has appointed great judges on the lower court, which now the left is calling stacking the court. <laughs> he has destroyed ISIS. While in the meantime, Clinton and Biden were arming ISIS. He threatened North Korea, then visited the North Korean dictator. No problem since. And people have criticized him for both ends of that. Oh, you're going to put us into the Third World War. And now they're bitching at him because he's such a good friend of the North Korean dictator, right? Yes, as a matter of fact, I have to shake my head at some of our objectivist friends who said, Oh, Trump is so bad because he's dealing with brutal, murderous dictators. You know something? Because... These people don't understand politics. They really don't. They don't no. understand that as the president of the United States, he has to deal with sovereign leaders in terms that they understand. And whether he relishes what they do or not, certainly Kim Jong-un is a vile, despicable man, and the world would be better off without him. However, Trump realizes, look, you have to play with the cards you're dealt and he was the only person to be able to put Kim Jong-un in his place. When uh, he took office, Obama said, no, you're going to go to a war with North Korea. And he says, did you ever talk to him? Did you ever talk to Kim? And yeah. Obama said, no, he's a bad man. And he goes, oh, jeez. Yeah, so what's I, I he doing? He picks up the phone, talks to Kim. <laughs> yeah, I remember him just shaking his head like, what's the matter with you? See, that's the difference between a person who does things and politicians. Yeah. We talk about doing things and then try and hire their buddies and friends to do those things. Yeah. And it never works because they don't have a direct interest in what they're doing. I think if you're making a list of the accomplishments of Trump as you're doing here, don't forget to include his remarkable speeches regarding foreign policy. And the, oh, those, at the, those at the United Nations are absolutely amazing. Already on my list. <laughs> oh, okay, I'll but, let you continue, sorry. <laughs> uh, my list isn't in any particular order, by the way. I just 
jotted down things, and I've only gotten through the first four of oh, about 40 or 50. But <laughs> he got out of the Iran deal. He assassinated terrorist leaders. Remember all that stuff going on? That was big news just a short while ago. Yep. He's been brokering Mideast peace deals, got United Arab Emirates to recognize Israel and a few other countries in between. And meantime, we got this guy in the National Post saying things are worse in the Mideast. Right? Yeah. Unbelievable. He moved the Israel embassy to Jerusalem. I don't know anybody who's against that, and the left was for it too until Trump did it. Yep. <laughs> and guess what? Nothing happened. People were saying, oh my God, you're going to start another intifada with the Palestinians. And he goes, yeah, well, listen, yeah. they're already bombing Israel anyway, so how could it be any worse? He moves it there, and all of a sudden, you know, nothing. <laughs> all of a sudden, exactly. peace broke out. And then you got Europe to pay their fair share for NATO, right? Yeah. Nominated um, for a Nobel Peace Prize by several nations, by the way, because of his brokerage of peace in the Middle East. Yes. And he has, of course, stood up to the Chinese. Yeah. He also has been defending religious liberty and protecting the religious. And, you know, after reading that thing by Bruce Tallman, I just find that it's almost libelous what he said. Because we know that Trump has been out there defending religious liberty. Talking yes. about all, He talks about it all the time. He's generally a pro-life advocate. Though not necessarily one who would pro prohibit abortion, but he certainly would be banning taxpayer-funded abortion and, and abortions to the point of birth. That's very clear, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And he neither ignores, I think, nor panders to special interest groups or to demographic groups. He listens to them, but he always makes his mind up on his own. I've never seen him actually pander to a particular group, and he talks about it openly. I've and, heard that he is a great listener. Oh, have you ever watched him? About six months ago, I used to spend some time trying to get to know this president that everybody talks about. And, you know, there are a lot of live feeds coming from just his regular meetings with people, right? And these things are streaming online. And when you see how he meets people and treats people, it is entirely the opposite of the image being painted about this guy by anything you read in any of the major media. Yes. We've got to really rethink media after this election, I'm telling you. Well, you and I have always been at odds with the way the media handle issues of the day. From the times that uh, you and I make presentations to government and, and uh, cover events, or like we go out and counter-strike somebody, and then the media twist it all around or absolutely lie and misrepresent what happened and we're there on the ground looking at stuff happen and the media are absolutely uh, obsessed with painting it in a in a light that only makes the left um positive so we, this right. is going you back know, for 35 I, years i learned that lesson when very early on the media would cover freedom party when we just got rolling right and they didn't really know what we were yet and we would get a lot of positive coverage. And you know what? Most of that coverage was fake, too. They would make stories up, but make it positive. Like they'd pose us in front of a pile of newspapers and say that that's us doing something with our membership roster or something like that. You know what I mean? Just silly stuff. Yeah, um, yeah people understand, uh, have to understand that the press are not to be trusted. 
And and yet there are members within the press that you do trust after you learn to trust them. There is the but, odd person, yes, for sure. But what is it that the press are always out there trying to tell you in their slogans? The most trustworthy news organization on the planet, yeah. you know. So why do they have to go out there and continue to remind people that, look, you can trust us, you can trust us, you can trust us. We're telling the truth. This is factual. If they just simply told the truth and were trustworthy, they wouldn't have to advertise it as a slogan. Yeah. Anyway, you carry on with this list here. Of course, yes. he took a worsening economy to the best economy in history, best employment rates for minorities. Americans had a real growth in pay during his first three years in office. He's been pulling America out of endless foreign wars and bringing American soldiers home. And here's something I only re learned recently, Robert. I didn't even know about this. Apparently, he released from jail all drug offenders who did not commit a crime beyond the possession or use of their drugs. And that, to me, was stunning. And yes, as a matter of fact, there was one black man who was uh, incarcerated and, and just pardoned by Trump, um, or released by Trump. I saw this video, of him, and, and he's overwhelmed by the generosity and the reasonableness of a president who understands that, you know, Look, I'm, I'm being served a life sentence for a, vi a non-violent crime. This is just injustice. And, and Trump uh, released him. And remember, Trump has been associated with fighting drug cartels and things like that. So a lot of people out there are thinking, well, he's going to be a real problem. He's going to lock Americans up, right? When that's not the case. He'll lock you up if you commit a crime. <laughs> no, as a matter of fact, Joe Biden and uh, the crime bill of 1994, uh, it, it put so many people in prison under Bill Clinton. You know, Clinton was going through this uh, uh, soft on crime accusation. So what did he do? He turns around and makes this huge crime bill, which incarcerated people in the United States to the tunes of millions, to the point where like there's over 2 million people in prison in the United yeah. States when before, like say 1960, uh, the number of people in prison would be in the hundreds of thousands. That's right. Sad to say, one of our good friends, Mark Emery, was one of them. Yes. Sitting in jail for five years for selling marijuana. Unbelievable. Yeah. Selling seeds, no less. <laughs> yeah, through the mail, and that's where they yeah. get you. <laughs> so continue with your list. There's, I know it's a long one. And thinking back to Trump's earliest days in office, do you remember when he did that media release where he eliminated more regulations in history than anyone ever had done before and the pile of the regulations filled the stage and they all stood around them? <laughs> if anything that Trump goes down for as a legacy, that one is probably one of the best ones. That has more of a dramatic effect on the individual daily routine of people's lives in America than anything else, getting rid of those regulations. And it was an amazing accomplishment. I think what did he do to his uh, administration and his, uh, the people under him? He said, if you want to put in a new regulation, you have to get rid of two. Great idea. Great yeah, idea. Fantastic. By a great president. Well, let's see how fast I might be able to zoom through some of these. I think he responded to the pandemic quite well. He shut down the economy despite risks and his pro-business philosophy, and now he's talking about nothing but keeping it open, right? Um, he's cleaning out the so-called swamp. He exposed the media as fake media, said something that I've known for years. I mean, that's a big issue, that he got that phrase accepted even in the public discussion, you know what I well, mean? Well, he turned it around. If you remember how that started, it was Google. Yeah. 
And uh, he just turned it around and kept browbeating them with their own words. Exactly. The great thing, too, is that he sees a great future for America domestically. And, you know, even extending into his, his visions of the U.S. moving into outer space and things, nobody's talking about stuff like that. And he supports freedom of speech. He supports the Constitution. He supports free election. He supports open debate. Look at the rest of them just doing everything they can to shut debates down, censor, control, keep... Oh, it's just so disgusting, the left. And mostly, he's opposed to racism and identity politics. He supports individualism. And as you said earlier, he's a brilliant and effective communicator, especially when he gets in front of big crowds and or gives official you know, submissions and presentations. But I happen to be one of the few people, it seems like, who really loves his tweets. I don't care how rude they might seem to people, but I think they're necessary in the war that he's waging. And that to try to disconnect those tweets from his success is like, you know, like biting the hand that feeds you. You know what I mean? That's, that's part of the brilliance of the man. It was thought that Obama was the one who uh, used social media to his, adva- to his advantage more than any other president. And that was, a, that was certainly the case when he was elected. Mm. But what Trump has done with Twitter, he's done an end run around the mainstream press. He, nobody can ignore him anymore. We all know that the press are not to be trusted. So he goes out Which, there and he, he is basically a one-man show on Twitter. If he left Twitter, I, I, I would suggest that Twitter would lose millions. Well, it's interesting that Twitter is shutting him and, and uh, Kaylee McEnany down right now over the whole Biden thing. Yeah. And other issues from time to time as well. But anyway, just to keep going here, he's opposed to human trafficking and pedophilia. And he keeps getting criticized for, for being that by the left. That's, that's beyond my understanding. Yeah. Amazingly, he supports freedom of choice and education. That was one of the group sessions I saw him sitting in with all these people around him, including kids and members of the black community, where he wants them to get a better education, you know, and he wants the parents to get their kids out of what he calls failing public schools. Sounds like us in our early days, remember, in, at Freedom Party and when you ran for trustee? Yes. And, and then, <laughs> yeah, and of course, he confronts the openly hostile media each day. He hires the right people once he gets a chance to work them through. His, you know, his press secretary right now, Kaylee McEnany, is awesome, and she's just as determined as he is. She puts up with those a holes every day. I don't know how she does it. Oh, she's great. And he doesn't accept any pay for being president. Yes, he's probably the only president who uh, gave up uh, possibly billions in uh, profits yeah. and, and personal net worth to of become course, president and gives away his salary. Yeah, and his enemies, of course, don't want to believe that. And and here's the kicker as far as the COVID goes. He, he was willing to and did use hydroxychloroquine, remember, early in the days, and now he's had the disease. Once again, taking the crisis of the day and demonstrating to people through personal experience, which is why a lot of people think it's fake now, that's what they're saying. He faked his getting this COVID thing, right? And demonstrating to them that it's what he said. It's not anything to be freaked out about. Do you believe the polls? Not really. Not really. I, I have to say, I, in general, I do. And so I've, I have a history of believing them. But I think we learned through Trump last year that there's real reason to doubt them when Donald Trump is involved. So what do you think? What do you think is going to happen? Well, let me tell you something, Glenn. If you look at where Joe Biden is polling today versus where Hillary Clinton was polling on this exact same date uh, four years ago, 
she was polling better than Joe Biden is in virtually every swing state, virtually all of them versus Donald Trump. And she lost the race. So don't let anyone tell you that just because Joe Biden is polling ahead, even in the swing states, he's got this thing locked up. He doesn't. And if I had to put money on it right now, I would put money on Trump. But it's anybody's ballgame. All right, y'all, so I'm back. We up here registering people to vote. And I got my brother, man, I've known for a long time. Love this dude to death, man. He's a really good dude, right? Why are you voting for Biden? I think he's a better person. Why? Because what's going on now in the situation with Trump. What Trump situation? What's going on now? Shit just f***ed up. I believe he could come in and do a, do a better job. You really do? I believe what has he done? You know he's been in politics for 47 years. What has he done in 47 years? Like what? I mean, I just believe he'll do better than Trump. Did you know that Biden, in 47 years of politics, has only been a racist, said racist things about you and me, personally, as black people, and made a bill to incarcerate black people with Bill Clinton? The crime bill. Look it up. The man just said... You ain't black unless you vote for him. All right? He also said he didn't want his children going to school in a racial jungle. Didn't want integration. He was for segregation. Also, not only that, he also said that poor kids can be just as bright and just as intelligent as white kids. Meaning that black, brown, red, yellow, are poor. When he thinks poor, he doesn't think white at all. He's thinking about you and me. The dude ain't did nothing but hurt black people. And then his running mate, Kamala Harris, she's got a career of locking up black people. A career. Now, let's move over to Trump. You ask me why I'm voting for Trump. Before <laughs> Trump was the president, did not everybody love him? In their music videos, rap videos, all the magazines. He got awards from black communities and the NAACP. Everybody loved him. But then when he came to president, they said he's a racist. Why? I'm gonna tell you why. Because when he came into politics, he started, what he said, drain the swamp. He started taking out all the, not just politicians, the evil, corrupt politicians. Fired them, took them out, made them go away and put in his people. Did you notice since he's been president, Un the, the economy has been better than it ever been. Unemployment at an all-time low. More jobs created than ever before. He stopped making making us uh, uh, importer and made us an exporter. To me, that means we make more money. People talk about the wall that he wanted to build over there in Mexico. Do you know why he wanted to build the wall? And remember, they said that he was racist because he said that that my brothers and sisters is Mexican is murderers and rapists and stuff. Right? That's not what he said. If you listen to the clip. He said that the MS-13, the gang, are rapists and murderers, not Mexicans, not Mexicans. But they twisted that to make everybody around us believe that he's a racist, okay? Then they say, make America great again. What does he mean? When was America great? When you talk about make America great again, what he means is make America, like what I just said, an exporter again. 
have jobs again, have people believe in the American dream again, that they want to come to this country and they know that they're going to make it. Had nothing to do with race. All right? Not only that, the man gave funding for the next 10 years. This has never been done for historic black colleges and universities, the HBCUs. Barack Obama didn't even do that. He did prison reform, meaning which directly affects, affects us as black people because we fill up the prisons. You feel me? He said, if you're a nonviolent offender and it's just like drugs or something, you ain't kill nobody or pull a gun on nobody, you get to come, you can come home, man. There's programs set in place for you to be able to come home. He did everything that he could to show by his actions that he ain't a racist and a damn good president. He did all that. Yet, we still running around here, the people that only watch the news, we're saying, hell no, we vote for Biden because Biden was with Obama or Biden did so much great, but nobody can tell you none of the great that he did. But they could pull up every single thing that he's done to the black community. Specifically, Hillary Clinton called us super predators. Matter of fact, if the man isn't if the man isn't a racist, why did he speak at the KKK members eulogy and said that he was his uh, hero or inspiration or whatever? So why, why does he deserve your vote and not the man who's actually showing you that he cares about you? The president that's done more for the hood, black community, Hispanic community than any other president since Lincoln. Part of why a person would vote for a Joe Biden over a Donald Trump is, is intriguing to me, Bob. I think it's, there's, there's a psychological element to the Democrats and the left and Biden supporters. Uh, if you just consider, for example, what we know to be true about Joe Biden and what Donald Trump is saying about Joe Biden, which is true, um, why would anybody in their right mind vote for such a man? He's corrupt. He is a liar. He uh, has said that he will destroy the Second Amendment. He has said that he will destroy the uh, energy economy of the United States. He has said that he will um, actually halt health care and, uh, and um, the security, uh, old age security uh, down in the United States. And yet people would vote for him over a Donald Trump who has done all of those things that you have said, plus more. So what is it in that goes into the, into the thinking of a person who would support a Biden? And I think I've come up with a defining characteristic of a Trump supporter versus a Biden supporter. And it's oh, this. great. Okay. A Trump supporter is a moral person. <laughs> and a Biden supporter is immoral. Not immoral, is amoral. And there's a difference. An immoral person believes in morality but chooses to act immorally. An amoral person, and most of the, the, the these are the Democrats, I'm thinking, amoral people, nothing matters. They don't care about anything. They know that they're all staring into the abyss and that they're willing to do absolutely anything to um, further their own whatever, hedonistic intentions. So that's why you have people going out there on the left, uh, destroying, pulling down statues. These are all well, Biden that's, supporters. That's you have why people, I, sorry? Yeah, I think they're all sociopaths, Robert, because, <laughs> and I said it on the previous show, because to do so many of the kinds of policies, even their so-called good policies on the left, you'd almost have to be a sociopath to, to think like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, you must hate your fellow man. And as I've said on many occasions and on this show and Danielle's show, 
um, the left is a cult of death and destruction. And that's witnessed. I mean, it's documented. You just go out there and all these people uh, rioting and looting and burning and shooting. These are all Biden supporters. Do you think that any of these one one person of the of this ilk would vote for Trump? Of course not. They're all Biden supporters. They're Democrats. They're leftists or communists. And um, they are amoral. Anything goes. Pedophilia goes. Theft goes. Corruption. Who cares? Cronyism. Who cares? Murder. There is no objective truth to a person who would support a Joe Biden or any Democrat or like Kamala Harris. There is absolutely no objective truth. They are looking to feather their own nests. They are out to destroy a good man for being a good man. It's what Ayn Rand called the destruction of the good for being good. And Donald Trump is a good moral man. And they just want to destroy that figurehead of that which they despise, which is an objective truth and a person who can live by that objective truth and act morally. And I'm not talking about sexual um, dalliances with, with whoever. Let's just go back to that one comment that got him into hot water. You know, the, um, when you're famous, women will let you grab them by the pussy. Yeah. The emphasis is not on the last word. The emphasis is on let you. They will consent. He's not talking about rape like Bill Clinton raped that woman over in Britain, you know, or used his influence to um, give that woman a cigar in his office, you know. <laughs> um, they're not talking about that kind of thing. They're talking about consent. Donald Trump knows the word and the meaning of how to deal with other people in a moral way. Look, you can look at him from a personal point of view and just look at his family, even from previous marriages. Do you see any Hunter Bidens in the crowd? <laughs> oh, and what's coming out on Hunter Biden's laptop is going to shock people if it ever makes the press. Yeah, Apparently there are, the there are images of his niece um, and him inappropriately acting towards his niece, uh, who was underage, by the way, at the time photos were taken, 14 years old. And um, apparently uh, having sex with uh, prepubescent children in China. We're talking Hunter Biden here. And now, of course, we will never see these images because they should never be released to the general public because of the nature of them. But you have to have trusting people like a Rudy Giuliani or a law enforcement telling you that this is what's on that laptop. And you just have to take our word for it that it's disgusting and this man should be behind bars. And then, so what is it about the psyche of an American who would vote for Joe Biden, considering he's a national security threat and whose son is doing these kinds of acts? Or it's, it is a decision on their part to be amoral. Nothing matters. Who cares? Who cares? They but are. Don't, don't, don't you think a big part of it is that they don't even know? Like we're talking about it, like we know it. But if I walk outside my door right now and mention it to anyone else, they'll go, what the hell are you talking about? That's true. Haven't... That's true. I mean, there right? is that uh, degree that what part of the population down in the United States have even heard of the Hunter Biden laptop, right? Um, but if you're on social media, of course, you're going to find out about it. Again, I don't think that's enough. You know, again, it comes down, if we had an honest media that did its job and covered both sides of the issue, even if one side was BS and the other side was half BS, at least then the public would have something to compare 
and draw its own conclusions, but they're not even getting a hint of of what's on the right, not no. not through the main main avenues that they were used to trusting, and that's it's on that old trust that the media is is riding as it destroys that trust and rips it down to the bone. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll go back and say it again that the media can't be trusted, and they are one of they are the enemy of the people, as Donald Trump has correctly labeled yep. them. They are the enemy of the people of the United States and here in Canada and any other country as well. They are the enemy. But just to conclude, Bob, uh, my sort of analysis, <laughs> psychoanalysis mm. of the American voter. A person who votes for Trump, I think, is a thoughtful person. I think he's, uh, he and she are, uh, believe in a, a moral universe and an objective truth and see this man as being a good man. Look at the crowds of people that come out and line up for miles, literally miles, to get in just to be in his presence, to watch him speak. You know, I've never seen the like in all of American politics, the willingness of the American people, at least the Trump supporters, uh, the lengths that they will go to to support that man versus the lengths that the left go to to tear him down and, and, or, and set fire or, to churches and buildings and tear down statues because they hate him for being a good man. Or to falsely prop up Biden. I mean, uh, uh, did you see that that big presentation he gave in that parking lot <laughs> oh Where yeah we, with about, about six people there <laughs> well i think no i think they said there were 30 cars in the parking lot oh and everybody was sitting inside with their masks on and he was wearing a mask at the front it, it looked it looked beyond pathetic you couldn't have created a spoof of of biden that was more pathetic than what they did in real life it's true. I mean, some of the stuff that's going on, you will not be able... If I wrote it down, this whole election scenario over the last four years, and wrote it down as a script for a movie or maybe an outline for a book, and I brought it to a publisher, they would laugh you out of their office. They go, this is unbelievable. This is just too much of a fiction. There has to be some kernel of truth to what you're going to write so that people can understand it and want to read it. But this is just so beyond the pale of reason that nobody will believe your story. And that's what we're going through right now. It is absolutely so far beyond the pale of reason that it is, uh, it becomes comical. It absolutely becomes hysterical to see Joe Biden standing up there with a mask on, with nobody around him, mumbling words to uh, half a dozen people and calling it a rally. While on the other hand, you have a Donald Trump that apparently everybody in the media hates, you know, drawing in tens of thousands of people who stand in the rain for hours just to go see the man. Right. This is, this is, um, this is the stuff that movies should be made of, but aren't and could never get made today. Well, I'm pretty sure they're going to get made in the future, <laughs> let me tell you. Any, any, any closing comments, Robert? Vote Trump if you're an American. Excellent. I would love to be an American just to be able to go down there and vote for that man. <laughs> for our part, it won't really matter which direction America will move, because no matter whether left or right, we are always tuned to the right side of the dial. So be sure to join us again next week when we will continue our journey in the right direction. And until then, be right, stay right, do right, act right, think right, and be right back here. We'll see you then. Fade into color, color into black and white. Under the bedclothes, everything will be alright. You know, they say when you do this kind of an event, you always start out with a 
self-deprecating joke. Some people think this would be tough for me, but the truth is, The truth is, I'm actually a modest person, very modest. It's true. In fact, many people tell me that modesty is perhaps my best quality. Even better than my temperament.